0: Please talk about faith. That was a member of the congregation said last May on that red form when we had our last Ask the Minister question box service. And I decided at the time, flipping through all the other questions, that this one needed to be set aside and given more time some other time. It's not that faith is really hard to talk about. It really isn't. But faith can still be very hard to pin down. Is faith really nothing more than the definition offered by the author of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, if you want to go look for it? The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Well, that can cover everything from the belief that there are tiny fairies at the edge of the garden to the certainty that we will eventually all be driving solar-powered flying vehicles. And I'm pretty sure that the writer had something else in mind, that whoever asked that question or made that request wanted something about our faith, about religious faith, what it is, how we can defend it, how we can say we have it, how we can live it, Hebrews doesn't quite cover all of that. Of all the writers I've encountered in college, in seminary, in the years of my ministry here, there is one in particular who writes of faith with an eloquence that always catches my heart as well as my mind, and that is Annie Lamott. I'd like to share with you a collection of selections from three of her books, Stitches, Traveling Mercies, and operating instructions. She writes, the world is always going to be dangerous and people get badly banged up, but how can there be more meaning than helping one another stand up in a wind and stay warm? Many people did help me to stand up in July 1986 when I stopped drinking. For the first 32 years of my life, I sought insight and meaning from men and women, much like the people in my family, which is to say they were overeducated and fun to be with and they drank. Then I got sober and a few years later had a child, the two most extreme decisions of my life. Afterward, it turned out that some of the sober people who mentored me through sobriety's monkey mazes had not been housebroken for long or practicing good dental hygiene. But they taught me that I would often not get my way, which was good for me, but would feel terrible, and that life was erratic, beautiful, and impossible. They taught me that maturity was the ability to live with unresolved problems. They taught me that truth was not going to fit on a bumper sticker, much as I would have liked. They taught me or tried to teach me humility. This was not my strong suit. Humiliation? Check. Egomania? Check. Humility? With their help, I learned that raising children is hard, that people are ruined, and that friends die and that still I did not need to pick up a drink. The best people could become completely unhinged or act like total expletive deleted, and no matter how great we looked, everything would pass away, especially the stuff we loved the most and could not live without. I thought such awful thoughts that I cannot even say them out loud because they would make Jesus want to drink gin straight out of the cat dish. I wonder if someday Sam, her son, will end up believing in God. Let's face it, the whole thing is sort of ridiculous. I was talking to Father Bill Rankin about Pammy, Lamotte's best friend, who at the time was fighting breast cancer that did eventually take her life. Somehow we ended up talking about this teenage boy in Bill's parish who recently died of bone cancer. I felt really appalled because the whole family had been fighting so hard and keeping so faithful, and then the kid just died anyway. It, it just fills me with unspeakable terror for obvious reasons. And I asked Bill, what kind of all merciful God would let that happen? And Bill just sort of shook his head. I said, don't you priests have anything to say for yourselves? And he said that a God who adores us and is truly and totally merciful and present for us, who will one day bring us home to be with him, is something we hope is true, something our faith tells us is true. And I said, well, that's not very goddamn much, is it? And he shook his head. And I said, do you think this teenage boy is with God now in his arms, and if Pammy dies, she'll be with him too, and that he's taking care of her somehow right now? And he looked at me sort of apologetically for a really long time, and then he said, I don't know. I said, but what do you think? And he said in this very gentle voice, I hope so. Faith is the honest, I hope so, in the quest for impossible meaning in our individual and shared worlds. Faith is a form of hope, related to belief, but it's not purely propositional. You can list articles of faith, of course, but that sucks the life out of it. Faith is the sense, the instinct that there is meaning in life even when the meaning is not clear, It is the perception of the presence of a mystery greater than we are in every moment of our lives, even those moments when we cannot sense it. Faith does not bring certainty. Only a very shallow faith, afraid of the life which is the vehicle of faith, can claim with positivity, this is so. In the words of the Roman Catholic priest Kenneth Leach, Faith does not bring a false or premature peace. It does not answer all questions nor resolve all paradoxes. Or as the Reverend Frederick Beekner, a Presbyterian, has said, almost nothing that makes any real difference can be proved. Faith cannot prove a damned thing or a blessed thing either. And this is not a comfortable place to be. Returning to Anne Lamott, the opposite of faith is not doubt, she writes, but certainty. Certainty is missing the point entirely. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness and discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. I hate that you cannot prove the beliefs of my faith, If I were God, I'd have the answers at the end of the workbook so you could check as you went along to see if you're on the right track. But no, darkness is our context. Without it, you couldn't see the light. Hope is not about proving anything. It's about choosing to believe this one thing, that love is bigger than any grim, bleak stuff, anyone can throw at us. Faith is shaped by the joys of life that show us what life at its best can be. Love, friendship, delight, creativity, birdsong, a cup of tea, the purring of a cat. And it is about the hardships that remind us of the shadows of life. Faith is born in that dance of light, and shadow. It's most clearly defined and tested and refined in the challenges, the pain, the darkness, the fearfulness, the deep loneliness, the grief of the messy reality that is human life. As Lamott put it, her best teachers of being human have always been mess, failure, death, mistakes, and the people I hate including myself. In spite of the shadows, and perhaps because of the shadows, faith perseveres in the instinct, the deep sensing of being part of something that is greater than we alone are, that both transcends and completes our human limitations. There is a dimension to our lives, say Frederick and Marianne Broussat, that is not always obvious, that transcends obstacles, doubt, and paradox. That dimension is faith. Many theologians have pointed out that faith is better understood as a verb than as a noun, It is not merely belief, although belief is certainly part of it. It is not just a feeling or an instinct, although that is often how faith is found. Faith is a way of living, especially when life is hard. Faith is using the gifts of life in order to withstand the suffering. Again, quoting Lamont, It's funny. I always imagined when I was a kid that adults had some kind of inner toolbox full of shiny tools, the the saw of discernment, the hammer of wisdom, the sandpaper of patience. But when I grew up, I found that life handed you these rusty, bent, old tools, friendships, prayer, conscience, honesty and said, do the best you can with these, they will have to do. And mostly, against all odds, they are enough. Faith is about being present to life with whatever tools you may have. It's about showing up in times of crisis, not with answers, but with the simple gift of presence which includes the contents of that collection of rusty old tools that we all do have available to us. And again, this is not easy, but it is how faith is lived. It's hard to talk about faith in propositional prose. Poetry, music, stories are far better conveyors of what faith is and how it is experienced, expressed, and lived. Faith is a song, a story, a poem. William Stanley Merwin's poem of thanks within heartbreaking reality is an expression of faith. So too is Sarah Campbell's growing season. So too is Doug Hammerskold's description of saying yes to an unidentifiable mystery. Just about everything that Annie Lamott writes is a story of faith. Our closing hymn today will wrap words and music around a heart of faith. Poetry, songs, personal stories are compelling in a way that simple statements of belief are not. The propositions, the statements of faith have power when they are embedded in the creative, multidimensional expressions of human meaning. And that is, again, what faith is the expectation, the hope, the conviction that somehow our stories, our lives, do have a meaning greater than the simple timelines of our biographies or the words of any articles of faith we may repeat together in our religious gatherings. Somehow that greater mystery lives through us. And we are a part of a story that began long before our individual lives emerged from the womb, a story that will continue long after our individual lives have ended. Faith can be deep or it can be shallow. It can be broad or it can be narrow. It can be freeing or it can be confining. It can be intense or it can be frivolous. Statements of faith. I believe that the holy is present in all life. I believe that each life is precious. I believe we are free to make choices. I believe I'll have another drink. There is a faith expressed in each of those statements that reveals more about how one's life is being lived than mere words can say. What is faith in Unitarian Universalism? We do have what might be interpreted as articles of faith in our seven principles. As Unitarian Universalists, we affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. A free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Finally, respect for the interdependent web of all existence, of which we are a part. There is a faith statement implied in each one of them, but the deepest, broadest, most freeing, most intense are the first and the last, which say that we do have faith in human nature in spite of all of the examples to the contrary, including our own, And we do have faith in the reality of a larger whole within which we are inexorably interconnected. The others are more community agreements about how the world ought to be. The affirmation of inherent worth and dignity in each person and of an interdependent web of existence of which we are a part, these are radical statements of faith. How well we manage to live them, that is a different discussion. As the Reverend William Ellery Channing, the father of North American Unitarianism, said, may your life preach more loudly than your lips. In summary, our faith is not so different from any other. Ours is faith not that God necessarily exists, although for many of us that is part of our faith, but rather the faith that we exist, that our own lives matter, a faith reflected in how we understand and how we live these precious lives that are given to us. For we also believe that if you do not live it, you do not believe it. And no one has ever promised that any of this is easy. Ralph Waldo Emerson once commented that faith and love appear only sporadically in the human mind We may always be under their influence, but we are not always aware of them. We may not know exactly what is calling to us, but we respond with a yes anyway. We may not think of ourselves as conventionally religious, but we wake up in the morning and face the new day with appreciation and with hope. We stand in the midst of chaos and tragedy and say, thank you and then dig in and do what we can to be fully present and therefore fully helpful. Life can be wild, hard, and sweet, says Lamott, but it can also be wild, hard, and cruel. But no matter what happens to us, to our children, to our town, to our world, we feel it is still a gift to be human and to have a human life. And closing with one last quote from Lamont There can be meaning without having things make sense. Humanity is meaning, it is a synonym for the best of being human thoughtful, sensitive, caring, and compassionate, and faithful. And so may we be.